Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Are you awake? I feel like a good little Nacho Libre would just help everybody in the room. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say, Thick it easy. <laughs> turn to your other neighbor and say, You too, thick it easy. Uh, there's some people in here for the first time and they're like, what in the world did I just get myself into? All right. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Before we jump into it, I don't have a ton of time. Before we jump into it, can we welcome all of our first time guests and just say welcome? (laughs) Super glad you're here. You're a guest today, your family next time. So uh, there you go. I have two amazing testimonies. I could not wait to share these testimonies. Uh, Real quick, last week Cody had a word of knowledge in the first service, in this service last week about a guy, uh, and he, he called the guy out and he said, he, he, Cody said he just felt the name Cooper come up. He said he didn't feel like it was the guy's name, and he just felt the name Cooper. And so he asked the guy, how many of you guys were here last week and heard this part? Uh, he said, what, what do you, uh, does the name Cooper mean anything to you? And he said, well, I have a, a cousin named Cooper. Uh, and he said, well, I just feel like the Lord is sending angels to Cooper right now. Wherever he's at, he's sending angels. Well, immediately after the service, the guy came to Cody and he said, uh, this is crazy. He said, my, my cousin Cooper was actually taking his first solo flight in an airplane uh, that day, and the family was uneasy about it. And as soon as you gave that word, there was complete peace on our family uh, about this solo flight that he was taking. Later that afternoon, uh, he got a Facebook message. The guy found him on face, found Cody on Facebook, and sent him a message. That says, "This is crazy." Uh, during the plea, in, during the pre-flight, Cooper found something—a malfunction in the airplane that the pilot instructor didn't find. They didn't even fly today. So, how many guys are thankful for the word of the Lord protecting people? Amen. How incredible is that? Another super cool testimony, uh, one of our interns this, this last week was in Alabama, had, go, had gone to be with his grandmother. His grandmother had uh, stage three or four brain cancer, and they were removing tumors from her brain. And the, the doctors, they went in, they, they cut her open, they went in to, to remove the tumors and couldn't find them. And so while she, because they knew they had to still be there, while she was still open, they went ahead and did a brain scan, couldn't find anything, a sign of anything anywhere. So they closed her up. Go back the next day, still not sure whether to believe this or not. Rescanned her again, and this time the scans were different. You could see very clearly where tumors used to be, but where, where they were, had been perfectly removed, like a surgeon had removed them without having to have surgery. Come on, somebody. And I just love to see God work. I, I love it when he does something. You're like, yeah, I was way too dumb to figure that one out. That was clearly... Clearly, God. Uh, hey, I've only got 13 minutes, and if you believe that I'm only going to preach 13 minutes, you're crazy. Um, turn in your Bibles to Luke 24. I will do the best I can to uh, abbreviate this. It's actually a very compact message, but um, I, I feel like I just need to begin by saying we, I feel like we are in a very unique season as, as a ch- church. I know me personally, this is something the Lord's been challenging me in challenging my family in. I, I just think he wants more from us. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But I, I just think he wants more 
from us. I'm in a season of my life where it's like, okay, Lord, I want to be used. I want to be effective. I want to follow. I don't just want to be a Christian. I want to follow you. If there's any area of my life that's hindering me following you or hindering me leading other people into following you, speak to that area in my life. I want it out. I want to improve. I want to get better. The time is short. People need to know the real Jesus. They've seen a version of it. They need the real thing. We have a world waiting to see the real thing, and I just have been challenged just to step up and take a step forward. And whatever that area in my life that I have not been dealing with strong enough, I, I want to deal with those things and become as effective as I possibly can. And, and, I, and I think this goes for us as an entire church. God is preparing us as a church to step over a line into a new season, into a new place, into a new grace. If you believe that, say amen. Good deal. Luke 24. Let me just read this. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. This is uh, the end of the end of the book of Luke. uh, Jesus has been crucified. Uh, He has been raised from the dead. And there are starting to be some rumors that Jesus is appearing to some people. Uh, Some of the disciples had forgotten even that Jesus said he would raise from the dead again on the third day. But we find here in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13, pretty famous story, this road to Emmaus. Uh, some of you may have ever, ever been to a walk to Emmaus. Uh, it's, it's around this scripture where that ministry was founded. But let's read here in verse 13. It says, Now behold, two of them, them being disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And while they talked together of all these things which would, and, and they talked together, excuse me, of all these things which had happened. So these two disciples, they're not one of the 12, uh, they're not any of the, either of the 12, but they're talking about what has just happened. They're talking about the fact that Jesus, their, their master, has just been crucified, and they're talking about this, this situation. And I want you to pay, pay close attention to verse 15. and says, so it was while they conversed and reasoned. Turn to your neighbor and say reasoned. Interesting choice of words. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. So here they are having a conversation about how crazy it is what just happened to Jesus, this guy that they follow. They're talking about how wild this is, and they're reasoning some things. And while they're reasoning, Jesus shows up. And some, for some reason, they can't see the very man they were talking about that they knew. Isn't this interesting? And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this, is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? He's literally talking trash to Jesus. He's like, where you been, homie? Then the one who, I already read that part. And he said to him, what things? And so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. He told Jesus about Jesus. The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed. He's describing Jesus to Jesus. This just gets better and better. Prophet, mighty indeed, the word of God before, the word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women in our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they said they didn't find his body. They came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. 
And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to this village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us for this evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, and he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Now, I want you to pay equally close attention to this next, this next verse. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Contrast that, two men having a conversation about Jesus begin to reason they have the very man that they're talking about walk right up to them, can't even see that it's him. He finally reveals himself to them, and all of a sudden it's like there's this subtle pain in them that's like, ah, how did we miss this? How did we miss this? How, how has, have we, has all this happened, and, and what was their reasoning behind why they should not have missed it? Didn't we know something in here? Didn't something on the inside of us burn? Remember, we, we were reasoning at one point, and we didn't see him. What if we'd have paid attention to what was going on in here? Might we have known that it was Jesus? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he's appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. We'll stop reading right there. <clears throat> is it possible that Jesus at times is right in front of our face and we don't even know it? Is it possible that at times Jesus is doing something in our very midst and we are unaware of it? It's all throughout Scripture. You see it all throughout Scripture. I mean, even if you take the situation on the cross where you've got two criminals on the cross, there is Jesus. One of these criminals begins to hurl accusations at, at Jesus and is like, oh, really? Son of God, huh? The Messiah? Pull yourself off this cross. And the other, uh, the other criminal turns to him and is like, bro, have you lost your mind? Do you not even fear God even right here when we're, we belong here? This man does not. Right in the very middle, you see Jesus, and you see this picture of some that can see him and be, be sta- sitting right on a cross right beside him and completely blind, and yet just on the other side, fully aware there's something different about this man. I, uh, I just wonder if there are times in our lives where Jesus is involved in a situation, Jesus is doing something, or dare I say even, Jesus is wanting to do something, and we are absolutely blinded to it, absolutely unaware of it. I I can't think of a greater tragedy in my own heart than to think that Jesus was involved over here 
and I was busy over here. Jesus was doing this on the earth, and Braden was doing this. Better yet, Jesus was over here saying, hey, come be a part of this. And Braden's over here going, that looks weird. I never heard of that before. I've never done anything like that before. I've always gone to a church that said, that's not God. Doing that will make me uncomfortable in front of my friends. Getting involved with this will make me an outcast at my place at work. I, um, I grew up in a church where we had, uh, we said we believed a lot of stuff. I'll just put it that way. We said we believed a lot of stuff. We didn't practice some of it, but we said we believed a lot. Anybody else one of those like, oh, yeah, we believe that. You want to do it? No, 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 no. Not going to be doing that. Um, I grew up in a church where, and I saw some crazy. My, uh, we, 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 saw, we saw some crazy. When you're in a small town, you just kind of got to take the best that you can get sometimes and just, just trust that you're serving Jesus and he forgives you for all the crazy sometimes. But um, Anybody ever heard the, the term slain in the spirit? You ever heard that one? If you've never heard that term, it's, a, it's kind of a Pentecostal charismatic term. Uh, hey, let me ask you this one. Anybody ever seen the meme with Benny Hinn? Benny Hinn, where he's knocking over the crowds and all that stuff. Um, I went to a church where we, we, we said we believed in that stuff. I didn't see a lot of it. I saw some, I saw some really crazy stuff, some people that I'm like, that, that was not Jesus that just did what you just did. That was something else. And, but I remember the first time. I had never been slain in the Spirit. I had never had that encounter. I would never had someone touch me and me fall over or whatever. And, and I remember a time, though, when I got invited to an, a meeting, and this guy called me and said, hey, you got to come. You got to come see this guy. This guy's incredible. And... Um, you just got to see this guy. So I, I traveled with him out of town to this meeting. I was by myself. I didn't have Leanne with me. I was, I was married at the time, but she wasn't with me. Me and this guy go to Leveland, Texas to see this guy. And uh, actually, it might have been Plainview. Plainview or Leveland, one of the two. Well, Leveland, it was my mom. She remembers. Leveland, Texas. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in Leveland, Texas, and this this guy is just, he's, he's incredible. He's very, he starts off by just preaching. Preaches this great message, very inspiring, very encouraging. And he says to the crowd, he's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to lay hands on some people. Tonight, we're gonna, the Lord's going to be dealing with knees and shoulders. And, I was, and, and honestly, I'd kind of heard some things about him. And if I'm just being really honest, I was like, great. Knees good, shoulders good, I'm out. I can watch, don't have to participate. He ain't touching me. He's going to leave me alone. And uh, so uh, as the service goes on, I saw some incredible things happen. And it was one of those things where it's like I was seeing things that I had never seen before. Something in my heart knew this was not wrong. Just if, you, if I was just honest with what's in here, what, was, what the eyes were seeing and what the heart was sensing were some two different things. I saw a lady get clotheslined by um, the air. That's no joke. This guy called this lady out, and he says, hey, the Lord's going to heal your knee, and she kind of gets out, and she's got this little skirt on just below her knee, so she's already kind of waddling a little bit. And so she's kind of waddling to the front, and he's like, I'm going to tell you right now, lady, if the Lord told me he was going to heal my knee, I'd go a little faster than that. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, sir, she's going about as fast as she needs to go right now in that skirt. And she just hits full load, just, and I mean, it's like an angel clotheslined her right when she gets to the front row, and she goes up in the air and just hits, and just, she was a, softer lady, and she, uh, <laughs> she was, which was good because she kind of bounced, 
So she kind of bounced to stop. And, and what was funny is the whole crowd just goes, <gasps> and because, I mean, no one was there. She was at a run, kind of at a run, and it was just kind of crazy. And it was one of those things where you're just like, wow, what, what in the world am I seeing? And so I, um, we get done with the, night, with the night. Again, eyes are seeing something, but the heart's like, yeah, this is crazy. Something in here doesn't feel wrong about this. This does not feel wrong to me. And we get down to the night, and uh, I happened to be a youth pastor at, at the time, and so they had introduced anyone that was called to ministry that day, and I was sitting on the front row. And when he when gets done, the guy's name was Tim. Tim turns to me, and he says, oh, I have one less. He, he's finishing up. And again, there's hundreds of people. Actually, there's probably over 1,000 people in this auditorium, actually. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, there's one more thing i got to do before I leave. He said, I need the young man, the youth pastor right here, to stand up. And he points at me, and I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and he calls me to the front, and he he crazy as it sounds, he, he repeats verbatim a conversation that I'd had just a couple weeks earlier with a guy who was talking to me about, about the call of God on my life. And he was, and this, this man, this amazing Bible teacher had told me out of Wyoming, he told me, he said, this is what I see on your life. This is what I think. And if I'm being hundred percent honest with you, I didn't really receive what he was saying because I didn't really understand it. And, but the guy, Tim calls me out and he said, he repeats verbatim the exact same thing that this guy had just told me two weeks earlier. How many of you guys know when someone does that, he's got your attention? And after he says this to me, he says, now, he says, you have a prophetic call on your life. That's why, God, that's why you see things in black and white, and God's going to use that to help people. That's, that's as simple as it was. And that's exactly what this guy had said to me. And he's like, now, lay backwards on purpose. And I was like, yeah, I knew it. You, you, you told everybody else ahead of time that they're supposed to fall and flop and jump on the ground, but you're telling me in front of everyone. You didn't give me the signals ahead, so I knew how to play the game. You tell her, you're, you're out in front of everyone. He tells me to lay back on purpose. And I'll be honest with you, at that moment, I've, I've got two things going on in my head. I'm like, well, this doesn't seem authentic. This doesn't seem real. But I had just had him read my mail, and I had just enough of like, what if? just enough of, yeah, but what if? He shouldn't have known that. And I don't know why he's telling me lay down on purpose, because I thought this was supposed to be real. I, mean, I, ain't, I ain't just going to be one of those fallers, you know. No courtesy falls going on around here. <laughs> so I, I, I just, I kind of did the whole, got some, some catchers? Somebody get a modesty cloth ready? You know, <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, I, 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 I laid back, and when my back hit the ground, the power of God hit me so strong. Never felt this. I was probably 23 years old when this happened. 23, 24. The power of God hit me in the most unbelievable, profound way I had ever, I, I cannot describe and I turned into one of those weird ones. And I mean, I'm flopping, shaking. I mean, it is just the most unbelievable experience of my life. I remember that's the first time, I can tell you right now, at 23, 24 years old, that's the first time I can say, I felt the power of God take over my body. Now, I have no explanation as to what, it, what all it did. I can't give you a lot of theological reasoning. I've got some ideas. I feel like the Lord's talked to me about it in some ways, but I, I can't do a lot of explanation. All I know is my willingness to just listen to something in here 
Even though something out here wasn't making a lot of sense. Like, I don't understand why I would have to lay down on purpose. I don't, I just, I gave what was going on in here, I mean, just a chance. And I experienced something that I'd never experienced before in my life. I, um, how many of you guys were here a couple weeks ago when Dave Harvey, Dave Harvey was here? Dave Harvey. Dave Harvey's a leader at Bethel Church in Redding, California, and he came. And uh, I don't think it was the first service, so if you weren't, in the, if you were in the first service, you may have missed this. But if you were in the second service, how many of you guys? Anybody in the second service? There's a few of you in the second service. We were we're in the middle of the service, and Dave Harvey, all of a sudden, starts telling everyone to imagine that there's water all around us. And I kid you not, he said, now what I want everyone to do is start splashing your neighbor with water. And I, and I had felt like this nudging from the Lord to like come up on stage right behind him. It's kind of towards the end of the service. And uh, I got to be 100% honest with you. When he said that, I thought, this joker done got us splashing each other with fake water. Let's just be honest. If right now I just told everybody in the room, I want everyone in the room to start splashing your neighbor with fake water. How many of you guys are just totally comfortable with that? This, this makes perfect. This makes perfect sense, actually. Perfect sense. Let's just splash. Let's splash each other with water. It was interesting. I was watching on the on the. I won't. I won't even point the direction that this was happening, because just in case you're sitting right there still. But uh, I was watching this one this one guy, and he when he said that he was like. He's like, I ain't splashing nobody with no fake water. And his wife was sitting beside him, and she looked at him, and she started splashing him. <laughs> I got to be honest, that was the first time I'd ever seen a bunch of, if you could have seen from my perspective, it was a bunch of people splashing fake water. It's just quite funny, to be quite honest with you. And, I, and, I, and I'm just being really honest, because I'm, I'm trying to help us break some things. If, if, if I'm just being really transparent, I'm trying to help us all, myself included, break some things. I, I, I could see that this was not easy. This was not easy for a lot of people to do. In fact, so not easy. Some people are like, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. I'm just not going to do that. I propose that there's a possibility that sometimes we're so busy reasoning that Jesus is right in front of us and we can't see it. The Lord gave me this phrase. Actually, I had kind of going, was going to go another direction with this until late last night. And the Lord gave me this phrase. And I, I, I wanted to teach on today how to miss God. How to miss God. And I'll tell you a, a surefire way to miss what's God, what God is doing in your life. And that is simply this. Only accept the principles of the word, but reject the precedence of the word. If you want to miss God, only accept the principles of the word, but reject the precedence of the word. Some of you remember in 2018, there was this, uh, there was this confirmation hearing for Brett Kavanaugh. Supreme Court Justice, and one of the things that was under fire was he had the most conservative uh, ruling history. He was a very conservative judge, and he was replacing, uh, President Trump was setting him in for a previous conservative judge that was kind of towards the end of his life, and so you know these are lifetime terms. This was a big deal for the Supreme Court, and one of the things that they were challenging him on 
was not just the letter of the law, but how he would respond to certain precedent. Because even in our government, we know that, hey, you can have a, a constitution that's written really well, laws that are written really well, but if you don't learn to read between them well and follow precedents and, and understand the heart behind the document, you'll make a ruling that's not right. You'll make a ruling that's not fair. You'll make a ruling that is unjust. Same goes for Scripture. There are principles in the Word. But we can never let the principles of the Word overpower the precedents that were set by the person behind the Word. Do you understand that? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never, seen, I've never seen in Scripture where you're supposed to splash your neighbor with water. Never seen that. But I've only seen in Scripture one time where if you want someone to go from blind to see, spit in the dirt, make a little loogie ball, and wipe it on their face. I've seen that once. I've heard of that once. I've only heard of once if someone's axe head falls into the river, take a stick, throw it in the river, and all of a sudden a piece of iron floats to the top. I've only heard about that once. I've only heard about once where if someone had leprosy, go tell them to dip themselves in a river seven times, and if they do it seven times, first one won't work, second one won't work, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth won't work, but the seventh will. I've only ever heard of that happening one time. I could go on and on and on and on, and you could go on and on and on, and if you'll think about it, there actually were very few miracles in the Bible that were repeated. Very few. They happened once. Why? Because the, the Lord's not after people being robotic. He's after people living by faith. So, so, Jesus, so Jesus comes on this planet, and although he does lay out some principles, through the filter of those principles, he begins to set some precedents. A precedent that, hey, crippled woman on the Sabbath, the principle of the Sabbath does not over, over, overshadow the precedent that I came to heal. So he didn't get caught up in the principle. He, he got busy setting a precedent. And his precedent rattled the religious people. In the very service where he heals this woman, the headmaster gets ticked off and says, whoa, 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 no, no, this cannot happen. The principles, the rule, the law, our religion says we don't do this. Here's what, here's what I would say to you. I would be very, very careful if, my, if I lived, uh, let me think of a better way to say that. I don't want to, I got to tread lightly here. Anywhere where we give more power to the principles than we do uh, the precedent set in the word, we are opening the door to live where the law and religion have more power than Jesus. And I'm a principled guy. But here's what I've learned about precedents over principles. Precedents level the playing field for every Christian, every believer, every Jesus follower, past, present, and future. And you want to know how it levels the playing field? We have to take the precedent set in the Word, and we have to live by faith. Precedents require you to live by faith and respond to what's burning in your heart. I think that's what was going on with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus, one of the first times he starts coming back, Jesus starts revealing to people, hey, you're not going to know me through reason. You're going to know me through this burning on the inside.
Stop listening to this. Start following this. Until you start following this, you won't see me. You want to miss God? Stay right here. I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. I was told not to believe in that. Do you think that a good father sees a child trying to find out more about him would scold him if you got a little off because maybe you went along with something and maybe you splashed your neighbor with fake water and that really wasn't a godly thing to do? Or more importantly, maybe is God asking you to do something that has you looking like a child? Maybe the Lord wants to see, do I have any children? Is everybody too grown up? Or do I have some people that are willing to act like children? Mark 10, 13. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples, the adults, rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Perfect message for Child Dedication Sunday. When Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For such is the kingdom of God. As surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. What is he saying? You will miss God if you can't act like a kid every now and then. You will miss God if you have to reason everything out. You will miss God if you live your life through simply the principles of the word rather than by the precedence that every now and then God says, I'm going to ask you to do this just this one time. In fact, I'm only going to ask anybody to ever do this one time because I need to see, do they trust this more than they trust this? What might you be willing to do to not be left on the sidelines while God's over here doing this and you're over here doing this? Can I just be the first one to raise my hand and says, I don't want that. I don't want to miss what he's doing because I can't act like a child every now and then. Amen. We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.